Well, it's great to see all of you here at Battlefield. Those of you at Buchanan, good morning. It's just uh, really neat to, to have you with us as we worship. And uh, to so many of you who are on fall break, and we're hearing from you at 30A. The weather's nice down there. It's not so great here today, but thanks for sending us that information, letting us know you're having a good time. I'm excited. It's been a tough year, so it's so great to see families getting a chance to get away uh, over over fall break. But we are going to close out, as Nick said, our storied uh, series today with just an incredible parable that Jesus teaches that just has so much, so much truth, so much depth. It's not necessarily an easy one to understand. The cool thing about it is Jesus understood that. That's why he gives an answer key to this parable to help us with it. But really the bottom line truth of what the Lord is going to teach us today is that our soil will determine our story. I'm not a a farmer, never had a garden. I'm not a gardener, uh, to to be honest. Um, Amy and I this summer were walking at the beginning of the summer, and one of our neighbors who has like this incredible garden, right, they're just, and Amy always looks at it and says, that would just be so cool, and I just like keep walking, like it just seems like a lot of work, you know, and, uh, and so they had some leftover tomato plants that they just had sitting out by the road, and they said, you know, free tomato plants, and she said, oh, let's get those. Well, the only thing I hate worse than gardening is tomatoes, I don't. I don't eat tomatoes. I don't like them. I've told you that. And so I said, okay. So, so we got some, got some tomato plants, and, and, and we planted these little tomato plants, and uh, it worked. They actually, I couldn't believe it. We, we, we had tomatoes. It was really cool. And kind of as the summer went on, and it kind of started, you know, we getting some tomatoes. I didn't eat any of them, but I was like checking them in the afternoon when I got off of work and, you know, got, got kind of concerned, you know, and, 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 and got into it. So like we're, we're, going, we're going big time next year. Like we're going we're to do a garden next year. We're already thinking about what we're ha- going to have and, and talking to people, and, and I'm kind of learning. It's, it's a soil thing, right? That's kind of that's the deal. And so th- this parable uh, has so much rich meaning about really how our life can, can bear fruit. And when we think about the fruit that really that God wants us to bear, that's just an emotional fruit. Like so, so many people right now during this season uh, in their life are struggling with anxiety, discouragement, despair, depression. But that's not the life that God wants us to live. So many relationships are not bearing the fruit that really God wants them to have. That, that can be yours for the taking, but your soil is going to determine your story. And then Jesus tells this story, and the question that he's asking is, you need to determine, with the help of the Holy Spirit, which soil type of the four that he's going to list is really you. So let's jump in in Luke chapter 8. Luke chapter 8 is where we're going to be. And man, I hope you have your Bible. Uh, Again, I tell you, we're going to use it every week. It's always good to bring it. I can promise you that. And, and we're going to read this, and it's a rather lengthy story, and then we're going to come back and, and break it down and, 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 and reread it just a little bit. So here, here we go. In Luke chapter 8, starting in verse 4, it says, When a large crowd was gathering and people were coming to Jesus from town after town, he told this parable. Actually, in Mark's gospel and Matthew's gospel, they say that it was such a large crowd that Jesus got into a boat. They were on the shores of the Sea of Galilee, and he spoke from a boat, which is, which is cool, right? Verse 5, here's the story. Jesus said, a farmer went out to sow his seed, and as he was scattering the seed, some fell along the path, and it was trampled, and the birds ate it up. So the seed goes away very quickly. Some fell on rocky ground or shallow soil, 
And when it came up, the plants withered because they had no moisture. So this second soil type is the, the rocky or the shallow soil. The, the fruit sprouts very quickly and then withers. Other seed fell among thorns, which grew up with it and choked the plants. And other seed fell upon good soil, and it came up and yielded, Jesus said, a crop a hundred times more than what was sown. And so that's really the Lord's desire for all of us, that we would live in a place of abundance spiritually. When he had finished telling the parable, he called out, whoever has ears, let him hear. Now, at first glance, that seems like a weird statement, right? Like, whoever has ears, let him, let him hear. But really what Jesus is saying is, is anybody realizing that a lot of people were there for the wrong reasons? A lot of people were just really there for the show. A lot of people really weren't concerned about having any true life change. And, and Jesus is sort of d- dismissing them. And he says, you know what, if, if you really want to know truth, I want, you to, I want you to listen up. His disciples came to him, verse 10, and asked, what does this parable mean? In, in essence, I mean, there's a large crowd. Here's Jesus' inner circle, and they're like, Jesus, man, we, we have got a crowd here today, and uh, you just spoke, and nobody understands what you said. We're going we're gonna to need some help there. And then Jesus responds with a pretty amazing statement. He said, the knowledge of the secrets of the kingdom of God have been given to you. He's talking to his disciples here. He says, you know what? You guys are with me. You're, you're trusting me. You're going to understand the, the secrets to the kingdom. In fact, he's going to give them the answers in just a few moments. But to others, I speak in parables so that those seeing they may not see and though hearing they may not understand. Now, I want to say something just really quickly about this statement because it's difficult, and it's not exactly uh, the way that we think Jesus would respond like what Jesus is saying, he's saying, I'm speaking in parables here, not to provide just crystal clarity for everyone, but for those who want to follow me, want to know me, want to go deeper that they can understand. But I'm actually speaking in parables so those who are indifferent will be confused. The guy who's been discipling me for five years, he calls it the dimmer switch. This is the part in church we don't talk about. When God speaks to you and I in any way, shape, fashion, or form in our life, and we reject what he says, then it is harder to hear him the next time. The dimmer switch turns down. But when we respond to the known will of God in any area of our life, the dimmer switch is turned up. You see, we do just kind of the opposite when we parent, right? Or grandparenting, as I'm doing now. When my kids or grandkids don't do what I ask them to do, I just tell them it again louder. Is that what you do? Right? And again, louder and louder. That, that's, not the way, that, there's not, that's not the way God works. You know, there's some consequences in, in our life to rejecting the known will of God. That's what Jesus is saying here, right? Now, verse 11, now the answer key. Aren't we thankful for the answer key? Jesus gives the answer key because up to this point, a lot of people are like really confused. What are you talking about with with this parable? The meaning of the parable is this, verse 11. The seed is the word of God. So what the farmer was sowing 
is God's word, God's truth. Those along the path are the, the, the first soil top, the, the hard path. Those along the path are the ones who hear, so they hear the word. And then the devil, watch this, comes and takes away the word from their hearts so that they may not believe and be saved. We're going to spend some time talking today about how the enemy does this. But I want to point out one thing to you. The enemy understands the power of the word of God. Do you see that? If you're watching online, do you see that? The enemy understands the power of the Word of God. That's why the enemy has a clear plan to try to take it away as quickly as possible because he understands if the Word of God takes root in your heart and in your life, it will transform everything about you. See that? If you're watching online, could you nod? Because nobody here nodded, and I need, yeah, right. Verse 13, those on the rocky ground are the ones who receive the word with joy when they hear it, but they have no root. They believe for a while, but in the time of testing, they fall away. One of the things about shallow soil, like I grow tomatoes. I'm an expert in in, in horticulture now. I'm a tomato farmer. But uh, shallow soil actually makes the seed germinate quicker because the soil uh, heats up quicker, so the seed will sprout quicker, and it looks like, yeah, we got something going here. But if there is no, there is no root, then the first wave of heat or wind just destroys that plant. And, and, and that is why in, in the church, can I just say this? Not all, not all faith is saving faith. There's been a lot of people that you've known in your life that have sort of sprouted up quickly and said a yay God, got really excited, but then, you know, six weeks later, where are they? You see? And Jesus is kind of he's showing the reason for that. Verse 14, the seed that fell among the thorns stands for those who hear, so they hear the word of God, but they go on their way and they are choked by life's worries, riches and pleasure, and they do not mature. You ever thought about this? And maybe it's just me, and if, if this is weird, I'm sorry. Do you understand how, you ever thought about the fact that weeds choke the fruit, but it never happens in reverse? It doesn't happen like you, you, you just put, a, you, you put out a garden and your garden's just full of weeds and, and you, you, you plant the fruits or vegetables and they just immediately choke out all the weeds, right? That would be cool, wouldn't it, right, if it happened that but Jesus says it's just the opposite, and we know that's true, right? It's, it's the weeds that, that choke out the fruit, and we're going to talk about that. It's, a, it's the crowded heart that Jesus is just one of many things in our life, and that's not going to bring about the abundance that God desires. Now, let's finish out. Verse 15, but the seed on the good soil sends for those with a noble and a good heart who hear the word, retain it. That means to to value it, honor it, obey it above all things. And by persevering against trials, produce a crop. And we already saw, uh, as Jesus taught the first time, a a hundredfold. So abundance happens. So here's the deal today. Here's the sermon in a sentence. Your soil will determine your story. Does that make sense? So when you, you get in your car and somebody says, hey, what was, what was the message about? Our, our soil, the condition of our heart is going to determine our story. And then the second really part or is this, I think it's important anytime you study this parable to really ask the Holy Spirit to speak to you, which soil type am I? And what kind of changes need to be made in, in my life? So let's go back and let's look at the four 
of soil types just in, in greater detail now and, and, and kind of get a better understanding of them. And we're going to reread. And some of you said, well, we just read that. Well, repetition is good, right? Repetition is good. So we're going to look at these four soil types in the next 15 minutes. You got 15 minutes? All right, here we go. Let's, let's look at them. Because the quality of your soil will determine your story. Six of you. We're moving now. That's right. That's so important. The quality of my soul is going to determine my story. So this is important. This is where the game is won or lost spiritually. But i got to determine which, which soil type I am, for starters. The first is this, the hard soil. Now, in verse 5, Jesus explains the hard soil, the soil on the path. The farmer went out to sow his seeds. He was scattering the seeds. Some fell along the path. It was trampled on, and the birds ate it up. And then he explains it, verse 11 and 12, he explains that. I want to just show you that so we can understand it a little bit better. This is the meaning of the parable. The seed is the word of God. Those along the path are the ones who hear, so they hear the word. Then the devil comes and takes away the word from their hearts. We'll talk about how he does that so that they may not believe and be saved. There's a lot at stake here. So here's, here's, what, here's, here's what hard soul is. Hard soul or a hard heart is a result of letting false beliefs destroy the foundation of your faith. This is why we can have a hard heart. And this is why people have a hard heart to the gospel because false beliefs have destroyed the foundation of their faith. The point is there is a real enemy. The moment that every single time truth is revealed to you, there is an active and ever-present enemy who is responding with a lie right on the other side of that to try to take that truth away. Does that make sense? You ever sowed your yard with grass seed like the next day? Like you hadn't seen like more than eight birds in your yard the next day. It looks like a National Geographic film out there. There's like 8,000 in your back. You're like, where did you guys come from? Have you ever, ever, ever noticed that? Some of you, yeah, it's funny, but that's what the enemy does. Like, as soon as truth is, and, and, and for some of you, it's happening today. Like, you're, you're hearing truth, and the lies of the enemy are coming right on top of that to take that away. And that will be the case for the rest of your life. So we have to understand how to identify those lives and, and protect ourselves. And in fact, Paul says it this way in 2 Corinthians chapter 4, verse 3. He says, but if our gospel is veiled, in other words, if people don't understand the gospel, it's veiled to those who are perishing, in their case, the God of this age. Who is the God of this age? If you've studied scripture, it's the enemy, right? The God of this age has blinded the minds of unbelievers so that they cannot see the light of the gospel of the glory of Christ, who is the image of God. So there is a real plan by the enemy to take away the word of God from your heart and from your life. And he does that, first of all, by false beliefs, false beliefs. And the biggest lie, and we, we could spend all day talking about this, uh, but, but, but the biggest lie is, is the, the, the belief that we can be our own God, like that we don't need him. And you say, well, well, well where do you get that? The, the very first sin in, 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 in the scripture that led to the fall in Genesis chapter 3, do you remember that account as the enemy comes to Eve and he asked her the question, did God questioning the truth of God's word, right? God had given them, a, given them a word, give them truth. They had one command, and the enemy comes right in and questions that. Did God really say uh, you couldn't eat from any tree in the garden? And Eve responds. She said, God, God said, said we could eat from the tree in the garden, but not the tree in the middle of the garden. And we can't even touch it, Eve said, which was, was wrong. God never said that. Uh, but, and then she goes on to say, if we touch it, we will die. And then what does the enemy say on the other side? All I'm trying to show you is just, just the, the lies that come in. The enemy says, you'll not surely die, which is a lie. Spiritual death occurred, right? You'll not surely die. In fact, you will become like 
God, knowing good and evil. So what does the enemy say? Listen, you don't need to surrender to him. You can be your own God. You can be the master of your own destiny. You can determine your own truth, right? You see, so all I'm trying to tell you is you, you need to be aware that as soon as truth is revealed to you, that the enemy will come in to take it away with a lie. The second way he'll take away, take away the truth Hard soil can be a result of misreading painful life experiences. You know, why is the path hard? Because it's been trampled on by men. Well, many times in our life, we misread the hard circumstances of our life. And you'll, you'll, see, this with, you'll see this with children very early in their life and, and from counseling for years. You'll see this. You'll see a, a couple divorce, a father leaves, and the child thinks it's what? Their fault, right? Do you see that? And so what, what, what's my point? We're, we're so prone to misread circumstances and situations. And what we really do is we're quick to blame God with the difficult circumstances and situations in our life. And that's a clear plan of the enemy. You see, the enemy wants you always to think that God is the source of your pain because the enemy knows God is the solution out of your pain. Do you see that? And so we misread circumstances and situation, whether that's a death, a diagnosis, a job loss, a relationship ends, we're prone to blame God. And we're, and we're, and we're prone to ask why, aren't we, all the time? God, why, why, why? Well, there's some answers for that, but, but here's something that I'm working on in my life. In the difficult circumstances and situations, I'm asking this question. I think it's a better question. I'm asking the question, the difficult circumstances, how should I live? Because difficult circumstances and situations are going to come. Jesus told us that, right? In this world, you will have what? What does the Scripture say? Trouble, right? You think about the apostles, the first 12 followers of Jesus. Ten of them die a martyr's death. And so difficult things are going to happen. So it causes me to ask God, how do you want me to live in this fallen, broken world? You know, many times people say, well, it was that difficult circumstance and situation in my life. And that's when I walked away from the faith. I hear that a lot today. But here's the question for those who are contemplating walking away because there's been a difficult circumstance and situation in your life and you're prone to walk away. Here's a question I would ask. Where are you going? Like, where would you go to? If you walk away from the Lord, where are, where are you going? And I think it's important to, to ask yourself that question and make sure where you're going is better than where you've been. In, 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 in fact, this is, this is common. In, in John's gospel, in John chapter 6, Jesus has some hard teaching, and the crowd that's there, they just turn and walk away. And in John chapter 6, verse 66, Jesus has this interaction with his disciples after this hard teaching. It says, from this time, many of his disciples turned back and no longer followed him. And Jesus said, you do not want to leave too, talking to the disciples. Jesus asked them, you guys want to walk away too? And Simon Peter's answer is brilliant here. Listen to what he says. He says, Lord, to whom shall we go? You have the words of life. That was even pre-resurrection, right? Like, yeah, is it hard? Is life difficult? Are there challenges? Is this teaching hard? Yeah, and everybody's walking away, but Simon Peter says, I've asked another question. Where would I go? You have, you have life. So here's, here's what I'm learning. Life's hard. Would you agree with that? This has been one of the hardest weeks in the history of our church. I stood right here Monday evening, 
in Tuesday evening with a funeral of people that I love dearly, families that I love dearly. Life's hard. God's faithful and God's not finished. That's where I am, you see? And so that's the first soul. So, but, but let me ask two questions and then we'll move on. If you're trying to determine, is it just the hard soul in my life? So a hard soul has allowed false beliefs to really destroy the foundation of your faith. Are you letting any, any, any false beliefs destroy the foundation of your faith? That's an, that's an important question. I have to do this. I probably won't get finished with the message. Is it okay if I do this? I tried this out on my small group on uh, Wednesday night. They said, don't say it. You'll confuse everybody. One of the guys said, nobody's going to understand you. That's the same thing they said to Jesus. Now, I'm not equating myself to Jesus, but, you know, <laughs> hey, right? It's good enough for him. So I was listening. There, there's so many people right now, in the last year and a half has been, been really hard, been hard, right? And so what you're reading, what you're seeing with so many people, we've had it happen here, people that are deconstructing their faith, right, that are walking away from, from their faith. And so what? One of these individuals, here's what they said to me. They said, you know what, Pastor Brady, God is just a figment of your own imagination, right? And I thought about that for a second. And then here's what I said. I don't think he understood it. My, 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 my point is, that's a, that's a false belief. I, I believe that's a false belief. But I believe even the statement that he made uh, has a major contradiction in it. Like, he said, God is a figment, Pastor Brady, of your imagination. Do you understand this? Whether you're an atheist or a believer, uh, here's the thing. Most individuals would say that human beings have the most detailed imagination of any other life form, right? I remember my oldest son, uh, who now has two kids, when he was four, I'm not making this up, he had a little tykes basketball goal, he played on that thing all the time, but he didn't just go out and shoot, he played a game with nobody. But he knew everybody, he had four other teammates, he knew their name, I'm not making this up, he knew their name, we would come back in and he'd just be sweaty, he'd come back in, I said, how'd you do? We won. And then he could tell you, listen, ask my wife. You don't believe me, ask my She'll be here. He could tell you, the four other guys, how many points they scored in the game. They didn't exist. Not only did he know their name, he would tell you how many points they scored in the individual game. I was like, wow. Joey had a good night tonight, didn't he? Yeah. He was on. Here's my point. Where did that come from? The gift to be creative, to have an imagination Nothing else in all the created order, creative order has that ability. So here's the point. The only reason for why, I'm, I'm losing you guys now, I can tell. The, the only reason why you and I exist is either spontaneous generation leading to evolution or that there was a creator, right? And if, if the former is your answer, then we don't see imagination like this in any other species. It doesn't exist, except in those who the Scripture says are created in the image of God. So here's my point. This false belief that he said, even, even that person's false belief, right, is loaded with contradiction and gives us an opportunity to point to the greatness of our God. Does that make sense? Yeah, and I think we, we need to do that as, as believers and not just shy away like, well, that's a good question, right? There's a chance to share 
Share truths. All right, I have six minutes to do the other three soils. Are you ready? We're going fast. It's going to be the fast soil, right? That, that, that's, what, that, that's what we'll do. So the shallow soil. The Scripture says, uh, some fell on rocky ground, and when it came up, plants withered because they had no moisture, right? No way to gain the moisture, no, no, no root. Uh, those, now, Jesus explains it in verse 13. He explains the shallow soil. He says, those on the rocky ground are the ones who receive the word, so they hear the word, right, and would say, yea, God, yes, I'm in. But they have no root. Why? Because they've never learned to strain. You see, salvation is free, but Diedrich Bonhoeffer said, discipleship will cost you all you have, right? And so gardening takes some strain, right? You don't just plant some seeds and, and you know, three months later, boom, I mean, you got a beautiful garden. Would you, I mean, again, I'm, I know a lot about gardening. Do you see that? It takes some strain. This is the problem in, in Christianity today. We're not willing to strain, right? We're not willing to strain. Well, um, not not talking about you, but other people, right? I mean, we'll worship when it's convenient. You know, we, we don't dig into the Scripture. I mean, how long has it been since you've really spent time in a daily basis into the Scripture, getting into the Word, being in the presence of God through prayer, right? Connecting with other believers in real community. Listen, growth takes strain, right? That's where our faith is developed. That's that root going down deep. And if not, the trials of life, you will not be prepared for the trials of life. You will give yourself over to the trials of life. That's what Jesus is saying. And shallow soil, watch this, shallow soil is always revealed by trials. You see? Because the, the, the trials of life, they will either deepen your faith or they will reveal our lack of faith. Does that make sense? That's what a trial will do. Man, I think about this last two weeks and being with family members as they're doing some of the most difficult things. When some of you guys, uh, you know Bubba's story, 30-year-old guy who lost his life a week from this past Thursday, his wife, Melissa, being around her, watching what she has posted uh, online has been unbelievable. And here's why, because she's grounded in truth. And when the most difficult trial of her life came, a mother of two small children, when the most difficult trial and most difficult season in her life came, she didn't wither. Why? Because she was grounded in truth. That's where we need to be, but that's going to take strain. Are you willing to strain? <laughs> right? Uh, depth takes discipline. I don't know any other way to say it. Depth takes discipline. We have to be anchored in truth. If not, we're just going to be tossed around by the world. Now, and we're, we're trying to provide for you with daily podcasts. Listen, I, you know, just starting your day every day on your drive time to work, just listening to a podcast, getting into the Word and, and hearing some truth from the Word, all of that is a way to go deeper and anchor you. Let's look at number three. So we have the hard soil, we have the shallow soil, and we have the crowded soil. This is really important. Man, I, this has been my life. Like th this, has been, this has been my heart for so many years. Other seed fell among thorns which grew up and choked the plants. The seed that fell among Jesus' answer, verse 14, his answer to that, the seed that fell among thorns stands for those who hear, but as they go on their way, they are choked by life's worries, riches, pleasures, and they do not mature. Because what is Jesus saying? Weeds choke fruit. 
It never happens in reverse, right? So we have to identify what are the weeds? What Jesus is talking about, he's talking about the crowded life, the crowded soil. And what does that mean? The crowded soul has an interest towards God. Does that make sense? The crowded soul has an interest towards God, but they have priorities in their life that are, that are greater than God. Does that make sense? That, that has been my life in, in, in the past. And if I'm prone to go back to something, I'm prone to going back to that. An interest in God, a love for God, but I have priorities in my life that many times I allow to be greater than God. And those are weeds that begin to choke the fruit. It never happens in reverse. Weeds of hobbies, right? We'll worship as long as it doesn't interfere with my hobby. I'll serve as long as it doesn't interfere with my hobby. That means I have an interest in God. I just have priorities that are greater than God. And what is that? That's a crowded life. It's not coming from a place of beating anybody up. It's just coming from a place of saying, which one do you want more? Do you want the abundance that Jesus shows us that we can have this hundredfold life? You'll never have it with a crowded life. Repentance has to take place. There's weeds of greed. We're about our kingdom first before the Lord's kingdom. There's weeds of pleasure that we compromise our faith so that we can feel. What is that? That's the crowded heart. We never experience fullness. It's what needs to be repented of. Today, that's this weeding that takes place so that the fruit can grow and yield all that God wants it to. Look at the last one, the good soil. Luke chapter 8, Jesus says, Still other seed fell upon the good soil. Don't you want, can I just stop? Don't you want that to be said of you? That every single time in your life when the truth of God's word is revealed to you, that it falls upon a good heart, a soft heart, with some real, some real depth there that's not crowded so that it can bear fruit. Don't you want that? I'm asking. I do. It came up and yielded a crop a hundred times more than what was sown. That's why Jesus came, so that you may have life, Scripture says, to the fullest. When he said this, he called out, whoever has ears, let them hear. Is that you today? Jesus, I hear. Here's what I hear. My soil will determine my story. I get that. And you've called me through the power of your Holy Spirit, through the truth of your word, to be a steward of the soil. Verse 15, but the seed on the good soil, he explains it. Verse 15, stands for those with a noble and good heart who hear the word, retain it, protect it, cultivate it, obey it, and by persevering, produce a crop. I'm thinking about this, and I know it's time to go. The good soil is well defended. Does that make sense? Why does the soil need to be well defended? Because every single day, what's the enemy doing? Attacking you with lies. The only way to be aware of those lies is to know the truth. My, uh, I love Daniel's story about his grandma this morning. That was cool, wasn't it? My great-granddaddy used to love to stay with him. He was a farmer. He had a little garden, and he, he manufactured scarecrows. Like he was in a constant battle with birds that were eating his, I mean, it was a constant battle. It tormented him now that I think about it, right? 
And I was always freaked out by this latest contraption that he had out there. But, but, but really, why was he doing that? He was guarding the fruit. You see? That's what the Scripture says that we should do about our heart. Guard our heart because this is a wellspring of life. We let a lot of things into our life damage the soul, don't we? Good soul is well defended, well plowed. How do we plow that? Being in the Word because the Word the word softens our heart on a daily basis. The word softens our heart. It washes over us with new truth on a daily basis. It's well defended, well plowed, and well weeded. Free tomato plants. That's what our neighbor's sign said. They were. He didn't, didn't cost us anything. We picked one up. We took them to the house. But having... Rich, large, juicy, excellent tomatoes. Takes some work, doesn't it? Yeah, it does. The good soil. Think about this. Let, let, let me say this here, and please, people ask me, and they say, pa Pastor Brady, these four soils, which one were saved and which one were lost? Like, tell, tell me. Like, like, so the first one, we'll just say the hard path was lost. Okay, I'll give you that. But the other, the, the other three, were, 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 they, were they saved or lost? Tell me about that. I don't know. That wasn't what you were wanting to hear, was it? And you'll email me because some of you do know. I know both sides of the argument. Here's the one thing I do know. Can I tell you this? True faith always bears fruit. I know that. True faith, a heart that has been truly born again through the power of the Holy Spirit, will always bear fruit of some kind. Spiritual fruit. So we ask the question, what soil are you? Here's the question. What fruit are you bearing? That's an important question because your soul is going to determine your story. Can I challenge you? If you have been given to a false belief that has led you to believe that you don't need God, that you can live apart from him, I know where that's coming from. That's coming from the enemy and I also believe this, listen, I also believe this, deep in your soul, you know that's not true because it's not working and you are longing for more. You have believed the lie and it has not satisfied. I wonder if you'd surrender to the truth. Jesus, I was never intended to be a God. Running my life is me making a mess of my life. The enemy has confused me. But today I realize this. I am yours. You're my king. I trust in you. I believe you can do way more in and through me than I could ever do on my own. So today, finally, I surrender. Would you do that today? Maybe some of you, it's the crowded soul. I repent. There's some things in my life that are crowding out the fruit in my life. They're not necessarily bad things. They've just become priorities. Father, we love you and we praise you through the power of your Holy Spirit. Would you 
reveal to us where we are in ways that we can guard the soil, ways that we can soften the soil, and what needs to be weeded out of the soil so that you can do in and through us beyond anything we could ever imagine. Thanks for reminding us today, Jesus, that our soil determines our story. In Christ's name, amen.